Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. Securities sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIP. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with over 20 years' experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey local provider, also have an MBA in finance, and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 20 years. I'm Gordon Leppard, financial advisor with Richard Young Associates. Good to be here today, guys. Yeah, great to be here. Beautiful day here. We're, um, well, <laughs> having said that. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on where you're listening from, right? Depends on where you're at. That's yeah. True. If you're outside, it may not be. <laughs> We're excited to have you listening today on our weekly radio show. We are right here every Saturday like today from 9 to 10 a.m. And, um... Yeah, you can pick us up off our website. Yeah, we got a great website, moneymd.net. Uh, we have a, a link to the podcast. We have a podcast um, saved out there. We got to get a lot of good feedback from folks listening to that. So, sure do. Good, good option to, to listen to the Money Doctors. It is. It's a great way, you know, and, and you could stream us right off our website. You can link to us there with your questions by email, or you can email us directly at info at moneymd.net. We would love to hear from you, love to hear your questions. We, we'd like to cover those on the air. Yeah, absolutely. And we got one later on we'll talk about here well guys i think we have an awesome show lineup for the day as usual um just pertinent information good stuff for the guys for people out there yeah that's right we uh we always have you know we try to get um current topics current events and things like that something that you can utilize in your uh, day-to-day life so exactly and you know there can't be any more relevant topic today i think than, than identity fraud mm-hmm you know, and how to protect yourself. And that's what we're talking about first, because they're just it's every single week I hear something to do with identity fraud. And, you know, I could tell you my mother-in-law was was a, a sort of scammed. I mean, she caught on to it. I mean, she was, you know, alert and caught on to it here recently, but just last week. And so there is something almost every week you hear about somebody being hacked and you get these emails. And so you got to be vigilant. And we're going to tell you how to do that here so tune in this is a great article and then we're going to follow that up with an article about talking to your kids about money and um you know in in our household we didn't talk about money a lot as as i got a little bit older i did start talking to uh, asking my parents about um some things associated with money i think that's where i got my my spending habits but in a lot of households money is is kind of taboo it's just not talked about so we've got some tips on how to talk to your kids um maybe you're listening and your kids are grown so maybe you want to talk to your grandkids about it so it'll be a great topic and we'll give you some some pretty good uh tips to do that yeah they're not gonna learn it from anywhere else that's a very important topic well and if they do you may not want them to learn it, like exactly. from credit card companies. And That's right. So you want forth. to teach them the right way. That's right. That's exactly right. Good topic. All right. Then we're going to lead into European Economic Weather Report. You know, several uh, shows back, we talked about the difference in uh, weather and climate, and so we're going to we're going to take a weather. Re- 
check uh, on the European markets and kind of see how things are going there and see how that actually affects us here uh, because you know we do live in a global economy mm-hmm. now and so um, that, that should be interesting I look forward to hearing Steve's uh, explanation on our diversification there so. <laughs> yeah there is a lot going on in, in overseas and so that is an important topic so you'll want to tune in for that okay we're going to start off here though with the financial fact of the week yeah, this comes from uh, bankrate.com and uh, the survey that was done recently about half of a thousand adults um, have no money Money invested in the stock market, and about 21 percent of the of the 50 percent that don't have any money, they don't have any money in the markets because they don't understand, they don't know enough about the stock market. So the you know the segment we're going to do on uh, money and kids, I mean, part of the reason people don't understand it is obviously they've never been taught. Um, right. And you know we've the money doctors decided a couple of years ago to support um, the uh, foundations class, which is a Dave Ramsey class that is taught in high schools over at South Aiken, and they. They teach the kids about you know debt and budgets. They also talk to them about the stock market as well. So that's a that's a step in the right direction. But it's it surprised me that half half of the people out there they surveyed had nothing in the stock market. Yeah, it is shocking, you know. And what that tells me, John, is half of America is missing out on the greatest wealth building machine history has ever known. And it's available to anyone today who can save like a thousand dollars. But And that wasn't true just 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could not get into the stock market with a little bit of money like you can today. There's so many vehicles out there, um, yet everybody owns a cell phone. I mean, it's really a shame that half America is missing out on this wealth-building machine. Yeah, I agree. This ought to be taught in the schools. There's yeah. no doubt. It ought to be a high school requirement, um, maybe even college as well. I know college does talk, have investment classes and so forth. It's not a required tool, but it impacts everybody. It could impact impact everybody if they took advantage of it. Yeah, it should be a core curriculum mm-hmm. item in yep. high schools. I, I agree 100% with that. Great financial fact of the week. Okay, and that leads up to our first topic here, and that is identity fraud, how to protect yourself. Um, you know, we've talked about this before. I mean, this is one of those things that just keeps getting worse, and so you have to be ever vigilant mm-hmm. on your guard to, to be careful because they get more and more sophisticated. I mean, you've ever been, you know, typing in your pen at the ATM or or logged on to your computer and felt like somebody was watching you? I actually, you know, I do that even in like uh, at the gym with my locker lock, you know, I'm yeah. kind of like trying to cover it up, you know. Yeah, I try to be a little careful, too. I'm at an ATM, you know, in the car. I'm always kind of looking around wondering, you know, is somebody watching me? Because you're typing in your PIN number there. And, I mean, the truth is we are all being watched and targeted nowadays with the Internet, email, spyware. Um, Heck, with the right spyware, a hacker can even see you through your own own Mm -hmm. webcam. I mean, how creepy is that? You know, and with the advent of these remarkable cameras and the like, I mean, somebody can easily capture your pen from across the street. I was showing my daughter just, you know, a few years ago how you could look at, from the 19th floor of our hotel at the, the beach. We could look down with our digital camera and zoom in and tell what book a girl was reading on the beach. You weren't peeping on people, were you? I, I'm just telling you. You know, I had a, <laughs> I got a new camera back then, and it had a 40X zoom, yeah, yeah, a little tiny camera, and it was amazing what you can see. And yeah. I'm just saying people can do that. That. You know, any waiter can staff a picture of your credit card with their cell phone and search the web for your address in seconds. 
Um, heck, I heard just this past week that there's now a new software out that can figure out what you're typing on a keyboard or in, in a pen, you know, at the ATM machine, typing in your pen number, just from the movement of your fingers. Mm. They take video, run it through the software, and it'll tell them what, what you typed in. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, computer hackers, they get access to info like yours all the time. From all these so-called secure shopping sites and retailers, I mean, we hear about that all the time. I mean, most banks don't even give you copies of your checks anymore. So who who's to know, you know, if someone has forged your check unless you balance it closely and make sure that, you know, every item is is your own. Um, you know, I just had a call a few months ago from American Express, and they detected fraud on my account. They canceled my card, mailed me another one. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have had that. I mean, I, it seems like in the past two years I've mm-hmm. had all my cards replaced. Yeah, we've had uh, debit cards as well from banks. Um, information somehow got, got stolen. So, yeah, it's a pretty common occurrence. It really is. My mother-in-law just had her computer taken over the other week. Um, she detected it. I mean, she was kind of on the ball, but... You know, and then then they called her and um, and you know tried to extort money from her. Really? Basically, you know, somebody crying on the phone saying, you know, do you know who this is? You know, I'm at a I'm at a uh, uh, I've, I've been you know arrested and I need bail money and need you to send me three thousand dollars. And she was really quick. She asked him and she said, well, well, you know, do you, do you know, how many brothers and sisters do you have? Mm-hmm. And they gave the wrong answer. She hung up. But wow, you know, I mean, that kind of stuff happens. And all the time. All the time, yeah. So, you know, it's just not the financial cost to you you want to protect from, but it's the burden and hassle trying to clean up your credit if you become a victim to ID theft. You know, with all the technology out there now and the info on the Internet, you know, how do you possibly protect yourself from ID fraud? That's the question. Well, the experts from Experian Credit Agency had give some practical tips here that we're going to share with you on for how to protect your ID. And so here's the first one. Yeah, the first one is is not to carry anything uh, in your wallet or purse um, that uh, could get stolen and used against you. I mean, you know, obviously they'll steal your wallet, your purse, and they'll go to town on your credit cards and, and checks before you can cancel them. But, you know, don't keep your pins in there. Don't keep your Social Security number uh, in your wallet. Um, obviously, if your driver's license is in there, which a lot of times it is, they'll have your driver's license number. They right. combine that with the Social Security number. I mean, that's going to sink you. They, they're going to be able to open up and do a lot of damage. So just be careful with what you um, with what you carry around in your wallet or your purse. Yeah, or in it's your computer, computer bag or, computer, or whatever yeah. on your computer. Right. I mean, you just don't want to have all the pieces of the information all together in one place. Yep. Because if they got your date of birth, Social Security number, and they got your credit card number or, or the other information, they can open credit in your name. So, yeah, know what info in credit cards are in your wallet so you can cancel them if they're ever stolen. You know, on the back of your credit cards, here's what I never thought of. Write, please ask for ID mm-hmm. instead of signing your card. Yeah, that's a good idea. That really is a good idea. Yeah, I've never thought of that. That's a good one. So, you know, and of course, online theft is now the leading source of ID theft. So you have to be vigilant when you're on the web. I mean, that means only buying stuff from websites you know, like Amazon or the big retailers. You know, you just can't take a chance on little tiny websites much anymore. I'm not sure there's nothing you can't get from Amazon. 
I mean, they yeah. have they source everything. They do, right? It's unbelievable. I mean, that you can it's a one stop shop now. So just See about that. all all decent vendors, yeah, also offer their products on Amazon. Right, right. So they've already been kind of vetted. So yeah, my suggestion would be shop Amazon, shop Amazon, <laughs> buy your stuff from Amazon. Yeah, and I know that sounds. And Walmart's kinda, good too. I mean, there's other ones. Yeah, but, there's other you know. big retailers, but just don't don't go directly to these little tiny websites without knowing who you're doing business with. Mm-hmm. Okay, that leads up to our break here, but if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or you can give us a call during regular business hours at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back with these messages. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leopard, who is an advisor at Richard Young Associates. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break about identity fraud, how to protect yourself. Um, guys, you know, I mean, this is ever so prevalent. I mean, it's just more common than you can than you can even count nowadays. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many emails do you get that are just absolute scams? Yeah, it's not only emails. I mean, well, you hear about the the targets getting hacked and Sony pictures. I mean, it's everywhere. Well, and remember, we had several cases that we heard about during uh, tax filing season Mm -hmm. this year. And now it's uh, the huge retailers that supposedly have all the resources in the world to have secure sites that are getting hacked. Mm -hmm. You know, even the the South Carolina Department of Revenue got hacked a couple years ago. Um, so your information is not safe anywhere. So that's the point. I mean, you have to take extraordinary means to protect yourself and be able to detect fraud when it happens to you. It's not a question of if, but it's a question of when it happens mm-hmm. to you and be able to recover quickly. So so these are some practical steps for, for taking control of your identity uh, Protection, And, you know, one of these was not carrying anything with you that you don't really need. Since a lot of ID theft still happens the old-fashioned way, they steal your wallet, break into your car. Um, so you want to be careful that you only carry what you absolutely need and you don't have Social Security yeah, cards. Pens and things yeah. like that. You don't have that kind of stuff in your wallet or your purse <clears throat> or even on your computer if you can help it. And, of course, you know, uh, then there's the... The uh, the websites. I mean, that is certainly is the leading source now of ID theft is on the web. So you have to be careful what websites you go on. You know, we just mentioned don't use only use the big retailers like Amazon, Walmart dot com, places like that. Um, if at all possible, only pay for stuff with maybe PayPal or some secure form of payment that you're familiar with. Um, and then, you know, rarely pay with direct draft from your checking account because there is no protection with a direct draft like there is with a credit card. Yeah, you better make sure you know who's drafting that. You certainly better you know. make sure. I'm even reluctant to let the IRS direct draft mm-hmm. because I don't know how secure their site is. Yeah. And once that gets out there, then, you know, Katie bar the door. I mean, it's it's wide open. You well, know? That and when they decide to take a loan and uh, just <laughs> go straight to your account. Yeah, you just go straight to your account. So, you know, that that is very – I mean, I have alerts that come up on my cell phone. Every mm-hmm. time I get a draft that's over a certain amount, 
out, you know, it alerts me. And, um, right. you know, I like seeing those alerts so I know what's happening with my accounts. Um, and I can detect it quickly if there's something goes amiss. Um, but, you know, you're only obligated $50 of a loss from credit card fraud, whereas it's, it's much different with bank draft and it's a lot harder to prove. So be very wary of websites that ask for more information than they need, like birthdays or personal preferences. Make sure any links that, you're t- that they're taking you to are the correct place and they're not a dummy website. Um, you know, it's always best to find the website yourself without linking there from an email or an ad. And don't put in your birth date or your social security information or other personal info on social networking sites. You know, if they require a birth date, I use a dummy birth date. Mm-hmm. I don't give them a real birth date. That's why I keep getting all these birthday wishes on the wrong day. That's why you're still 20, 25? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He, gets, he gets birthday like, wishes throughout the year. I like <laughs> that. Right. It's the only time you can make up your real, your, you own, your own age and your own birthday. I love that. Yeah, protect your passwords. Keep good virus protection software mm-hmm. up to date on your computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's so. a good point. And so, you know, leading into that, um, don't fall for any of the common tricks out there like phishing emails. You know, that's P-H- yeah, I S H I N G. That's right. Emails. You know those are those are the emails that we get each week uh, or two saying your account has some security problem and you need to update your security information and and things like that. If you link to one of those websites, uh, even though they may look official, it could wreak havoc mm-hmm. on your finances yes. and your identity, and then they could just totally run with it. Well, it's not only that; it's also uh, it messes with your computer. They implant viruses on there, and they do look official. Oh, absolutely! I, I fell for one probably three years ago at UPS, and you know we order stuff all the time, and they had an, an issue with something, and you know, I, but you know, I get them probably two or three times a week now. And if yeah, if you, yeah, if you do have to. you know a concern about that. Call the company directly. Call your credit card company or your banking institution. Ask them directly if there's been any kind of, uh, you know, activity. Yeah, or log on directly with your account. Correct. You know, don't right. don't link there from an email. That's for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, and then never give out your password or other personal information on the phone if they call you. You know, don't let them remote to your computer. You know, that that's happened, as I mentioned, with my, my mother-in-law recently, unless you caught on to it. And, you know, all they should ever ask you over the phone is your address or to answer some security question. Mm-hmm. So if they ask for passwords and user IDs and social security numbers, personal information, then, then they're asking for, for stuff that they don't have any right to. Yeah. And then, um, you know, password protect your computer and have a, a, a discreet password protected password file, you know, so that you're not writing down passwords. Mm-hmm. Delete any emails that contain your passwords or other user IDs. Virus software can look for those words in your emails. So I would not even use the word password in an email. Um, have good virus protection that scans and updates automatically. And then only download software from a known site like C- CNET um, where you know that it's going to be virus-free. Yeah, that's good. And uh, another one here on the list that a lot of people don't know about is is getting a credit report. Um, you can go to annualcreditreport.com once a year. You can review the activity on it. Um, you know, and see what's going on. But you also need to look at your, your checkbook on a monthly basis to see if there's any kind of unauthorized transactions. I mean, maybe weekly. I mean, weekly is probably good. Some people look at it daily. Look at um, any kind of statements that you have, whether it be bank statements, uh, credit card, debit, and so forth, and, and just look at it. A lot of times, one of the scams is they'll put a charge on there for like, 
$8.49. And it's a, a small number, yeah. and you just don't pick it up. You would probably pick up an $849 charge, but $8.49, it may just kind of get lost in the in the shuffle. shuffle. Yeah. Right. So if you're not reconciling and kind of doing, you know, for us, we do, we do budgets. So we're looking at each transaction and categorizing it. When I don't recognize something, I'll ask Tammy, hey, what is this? What's this charge? And so, you know, we're talking about it and looking at it. So. Yeah. If not, it's going to slip by. Yeah, that's good. And don't throw away any receipts until they've cleared your bank or credit card statement. You know, and buy a good shredder and then shred any personal information that you throw away. I mean, believe it or not, criminals still go through your trash and other personal info. So a lot of it's still done the old-fashioned way. Um, They especially have a bonanza during tax filing season with any forms that aren't shredded. So be careful with that. Um, You know, and don't mail checks or forms with personal information directly from your mailbox. Find a secure mail drop box to put your, your information in. Um, and so and next one here, last one on the list is put a credit freeze on your accounts through the three credit reporting agencies mm-hmm. if you want to be ultra secure. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, I mean, that is by far the most complete way to protect yourself, <clears throat> although it can be a hassle. Yeah, you have to log in to each of the three credit reporting agencies, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. Sometimes it costs a small fee to put it on there and then to thaw it if you need to to have your credit checked for for any new accounts you're opening. Um, But it's free in some states, like South Carolina. It's free. And then with a freeze, even if someone gets your personal info, they can't open any new credit accounts, so it is useless to them. So if you need to open an account, you can thaw your credit temporarily with the agency and just find out which agency they they check your credit with. Of course, a freeze won't protect you if somebody steals your credit card or your banking info. You see, you still have to be vigilant to protect yourself. So anyway, I mean, the takeaways here are, you know, you have to be vigilant to protect yourself um, and be serious about protecting your identity. You know, clean out your purse wallet with any unnecessary stuff that you don't need to carry. Be careful where you go on the web, where you buy stuff from. Only use, um, you know, credit cards or PayPal to, to pay for things. Check your bank or credit card statement monthly and get your free credit report at annualcreditreport.com and check that. So, okay, well, shoot us a question if you have any more questions out there about this. Um, and that leads us up here to our question of the week. Yeah, this question is uh, is pretty straightforward. My company matches my contributions up to 3%. So they're talking about like a 401k plan. Um, does that match count towards the maximum that I can contribute to the plan. So what they're saying is, um, you know, I, I can contribute $18,000 to the 401k. That's IRS regulations up to age 50. Um, is part of that 18 um, included, does it include the, the company match? And the answer is no. Right. The 18 is your contribution. You can contribute up to 18, and then whatever the match is is above that. So exactly. um, the, the answer is the match does not count towards the official IRS limit. Yeah, so it's eighteen, and if you're over fifty, it's it's twenty four thousand. Yep. Yeah, another another six thousand. So. And Roth IRA and a traditional IRA, it's fifty five hundred um, underneath uh, fifty below fifty and sixty five hundred above it. But specifically, the match um, does not count towards that. So yeah. good question. Yeah, that was yeah. a good question. It's a great, and that's a great way to, to lower your tax bill. That mm-hmm. is the by far the most effective way. So 
max out those retirement plans. Okay, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call, 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back at the Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leopard, who is an advisor at Richard Young Associates. And we are going to um, start a new topic here, and that is smart ways to talk about your money with your kids. Um, You know, John, there's just no more important topic Mm -hmm. than talking about money with your kids, teaching them the ways to to manage money and deal with money in their lives before they learn it from all the credit card and retailers, sure. credit card companies and retailers out there. That's right. That's right. This article is actually out of Kiplinger. It's uh, Janet Bodner is the one that wrote it. And um, so, some good tips on this. And, and guys, we, we talked about this uh, in the beginning of the show, but this is a topic that we're very passionate about. We're, we're passionate about all the topics. But when you talk about kids and money, um, we see the effects and impacts of adults not learning these topics. And some of the t- sometimes people are in crisis mode because they didn't understand some of these topics. So um, we're big believers and have supported uh, over at South Aiken some uh, education classes that are going on over there. So this is something that, uh, again, is near and dear to our heart. We all have kids, um, and uh, it's something that's it's very important. We'll start with the basics. I mean, you know, the f- many families out there are conflicted about discussing money um, in their, in their, with their kids and their parents and so forth. And in 2015, Parents, Kids, and Money Survey from T. Rowe Price of parents said they think that they're setting a good financial example for their children, but only 46% of the kids say that their parents were doing extremely well at teaching them money. So there's a disconnect. Parents think they're doing well. Um, kids are saying uh, maybe not, not. So yeah not so much and you know quite frankly 82 percent i don't know about you guys but um that number probably should be reversed and it's like 28 percent i yeah. don't i just don't see that i don't see a lot of people um teaching their kids no. many topics it doesn't take far to see that either look at look around our society yes i know exactly you know so exactly I, right. I agree i think that number is slightly inflated yeah i do i do too but you know furthermore 72 percent of parents um say they are, are at least somewhat reluctant to talk to their kids about financial matters. It doesn't say why they're reluctant. Maybe it's because um, they think it's private. Maybe they don't feel comfortable or even have the knowledge to, to talk to them about it. But that's a big that's a big percent of parents that are don't feel comfortable talking to their kids. Yeah, exactly. You know, when you do these surveys and you ask parents, you know, are they doing a good job with their kids? Everybody says yes, right? Sure, Everybody right. thinks they're doing a good job. But, you know, the realities speak for themselves, right? I mean, the average credit card balance out there is, you know, help me out. It's like Mm $9,000 or some huge number for for young couples out there um, that are on their own. And so clearly parents are not doing the job they need to do with their kids. And, and, you know, I mean, one of the things here that, that parents need is a confidence boost. Um, you know, one of our recurring themes is that parents do have a lot of influence and power 
over their kids. They have a lot more influence than than the peers or the media if they keep a good relationship with their kids. And so even if you feel a little more insecure about your knowledge of finances or your money management skills, you always know more than your kids. So you need to keep that in mind. Um, Don't miss the opportunity to be a positive influence in their financial lives because... You know, you are by far yeah. the biggest influence on your kids. Absolutely, and and so here are some steps to take um, that that we recommend, and and we're going to kind of elaborate a little, a little bit, but take it small step by small step. I mean, you know, money discussions with your children they can be impromptu. I mean, you don't have to schedule a meeting to talk about this. Uh, it should always be age appropriate. I mean, think about being in a grocery store, um, helping kids maybe open a savings account. Uh, maybe it's playing games with them when they're young. I know you have some experience. Uh, with that. Yeah, yeah. Dr. I mean, Leopard we, over there. <laughs> we we enjoy playing uh, Dave Ramsey's Act Your Wage. Yeah. Uh, we actually uh, bought that for for Christmas as kind of a family Christmas gift. And, you know, our girls are six and eight years old, and they get it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they are really starting to grasp the concepts uh, about money and just simple money management skills. And that's the thing is that we've got to start planting those seeds mm-hmm. early on. Uh, and, and making people more financially aware. Yeah, I know with my, my son, Matthew, we um, we have um, a couple acres out in the country, and so we had a, a fat lighter stump, and that's just a, a stump that has, um, over time, um, you know, kept the sap and so forth, and, and it lights very easy, so you use it to start fires. This thing was massive. It was probably... It's a big pine tree stump. Pine tree, that's pine. right. Probably three feet um, wide, and we got it three feet tall. Wow. And so we cut it in half. took forever, but he sold um, Kinlan, you know, for about three years, probably made five to seven hundred bucks doing that. Wow. And so we would take that and go and open up some accounts and do some mutual funds and so forth. So, you know, just find different ways of teaching your kids, uh, whether it's games or real life activities and so forth. Um, you know, different topics on money, and sometimes they do they do worry though. Sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there's definitely some worries there, but uh, to go along with the, that survey that T. Rowe Price did, the most common reason parents cited. Uh, for their reluctance to talk to their children about money is that they don't want the kids to be anxious. Uh, but if there's money issues, the kids are going to pick up on that anyways, mm-hmm. oh, you know, yeah. in some form or fashion, because mom or dad's going to be a little bit edgy here, and, you know, they're going to kind of wonder what's going on. Um, but I think it says, in fact, 61% of the children surveyed who were ages 8 to 14 said their parents do worry about money. So they're they're picking up on that. Uh, and it's easy for them to imagine that things are worse than they really are. You know, their imaginations can kind of run wild. And sometimes they may, they may even think, hey, am I part of this problem? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's very important that we continue to communicate to them absolutely. Uh, through that process. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great, great point. Kids do worry a lot. And if you don't talk to them, and they're going to continue to worry. So uh, the next item on the list is is be candid with your kids. Uh, you don't have to give them a dollars and cents accounting of your finances, um, nor should you overwhelm them with a lot of information that they really can't process. Um, but rather than keep them in the dark, um, you know, talk to them about your situation and where you where you are. Um, a couple of years ago, I changed jobs, and so you know, as doing the budget, you know, you always have challenges with kids, and so we had a choice, and I basically gave the choice to my daughter um she needed some work on her teeth so she needed braces and she also wanted to do competition cheerleading and they were actually equal cost and so i sat down with her and said 
you know, these are the choices. We can do one or the other. Which one do you want to do? And she chose the braces. Um, but I had the conversation with her to let her know, you know, money just doesn't grow on trees. We're not going into debt to uh, to go do competition cheerleading. And um, so she got, you know, understanding early on that money didn't grow on trees. I had the, I had the same or a similar experience with uh, my eight-year-old. Um, we were at a water park, and she wanted some ice cream. The Dippin' Dots were like five bucks for a very small cup. Oh, yeah. And I said, hey, yeah. if you wait, or, or I said, here's your choices. I gave her a choice, and she decided to kind of defer, oh, yeah. you Good. know, and postpone that instant gratification, and she was able to get more for her money. Man, that's and, hard and to she, and she got the concept. One. She yeah. got it. She made the choice. Yeah, that's good. So that was encouraging. No dipping dots. That was tough. That was a tough one for me. That's a yeah, tough that's lesson, right. no doubt. Yeah, we start talking about dipping dots. I like those things. <laughs> uh, it's also important to clear up any misconceptions. In the 2015 uh, Teen and Personal Finance Survey, it was sponsored by Junior Achievement in Allstate. 48% of teens ages 13 to 18 said they expected their parents to pay for college tuition, but only 16% of parents said they planned to pay their uh, children's college costs. So, Ouch. And, and we see that. Uh, you know, the average debt coming out of college today is probably $29,000, so there's definitely misconceptions associated with, with college. Pretty good spread there. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, there really is. That's, you know, that's so important to get on the same page with your kids and, you know, so they can understand, you know, what the future is going to be and, and, and alleviate some of the worry, too, yeah, the anxiety, right, right. just like you mentioned, Gordon. Yeah, another thing is to close the gender gap. You know, in, in the teen and personal finance survey, girls were much more likely than boys to say that their parents don't talk to them about managing money and paying for college. And boys were more likely than girls to report that their parents help them keep track of money. I mean, girls need financial skills as much as boys do. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing, you know, you're, you're not doing your daughters any favors by trying to shelter them. And I can't tell you enough how proud I am of my girls and how well they have managed money through college, mm-hmm. you know, because they're living in apartments and we give them a certain amount of money and they have to to manage that um, themselves to, for food and for housing. And they just do a remarkable job and they save a ton of money and they're not big spenders. They don't go out and just buy a whole bunch of clothes and stuff that, yeah. that in frittered away. Um, you probably have a lot of envious listeners right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I've been impressed because I don't understand where they got it from. I don't remember having a lot of specific, you know, conversations with them. I would say it's more by your lifestyle, you know, I mean, Oh, I'm they, sure there are some hand-me-downs in the Marbert household. They probably got the message over time. They did get the message <laughs> over time, and I'm just, I just want to impress on people, yeah. you know, it's not what you say as much as what you do. That's exactly and, right. Yeah, that's right. You know, they watch what you do growing up, and so, you know, don't underestimate the power of your influence by your example. Yeah. Yep. Very yeah. good. So, all right. Hey, well, that leads up to our break here, but if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net, or give us a call, Richard Young Associates, 706. 706- Six seven three nine zero seven two five. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with me. Welcome 
Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leopard, who is an, an advisor at Richard Young Associates. And we are um, kind of wrapping up our discussion here about ways to talk about money with your kids. Just, you know, an incredibly important topic. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, it's amazing what your kids learn from you, you know, and I was just mentioning my girls yep. picked up on money management somehow, and I don't even remember a lot of specific conversations about it. Yeah, that's the same way as, as I grew up. I don't remember specific conversations as I was young, but I always had a saving mentality. So I definitely picked that up from uh, my mom and my dad. Just, I don't know, maybe just watch them or listen to conversations and so forth. But, you know, we are big believers in talking about it. Um, you guys play the Act Your Wage Dave Ramsey game. Gives you opportunities to teach them and, and talk to them about money. That, right? and, and we also have the Financial Peace Junior. Yep, Financial Peace you know, Junior is another good. An incredible resource uh, because it, it just puts it in a format where kids get it. Yep. Yep. They they understand. Yeah, and I would be candid with them. If you're struggling, uh, money doesn't grow on trees. We all have you know limited incomes, and and tell them the situation you're in. One of the things that we did with our kids that has worked out well is we did three envelopes when they were young, uh, uh, tithing ten percent, um, uh, and then saving fifteen percent, and we actually put those in mutual funds, and then the rest of it they could spend or you know save up for a bigger item. So that was one thing that that worked well for us, and would recommend people look. Yeah, I mean, we did something similar. We, um, uh, you know, we kind of had a rule that they save 10% for for church, Mm -hmm. you know, for giving. And uh, what was left, 50% had to be saved for long-term purchases. They Mm -hmm. could still spend it, but it had to be something big, like a new bike or something like that. Did the other 40% go to the house? Well, the 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 40% (laughs) 40 they could spend immediately if they wanted to. If they wanted to go buy a toy or something, you know. So the early on, you know, that was the rule, and we kind of loosened up on that as time went on. But they they got to where they just they had a saving mentality. Right, they right. save they all the time. Yeah. They just don't go buy a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. They think long and hard before they buy something yeah, because it is their money. We didn't buy them stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Same principle. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we're, we're doing that with our girls right now at ages six and eight. You know, they divide their money up into three different areas, just like you guys uh, talked about. And, and like I said, they're getting it. Yeah. And, and I, that's very important to me as a dad, and especially a dad of daughters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, I, w- I want them to be strong, uh, financially responsible ladies. Yes. Good for you. So. Good job. All right. Well, good topic. And that leads us up here to our prescription of the week. Prescription has to do with wills. And the question is, or the prescription is, is when is the last time that you updated your will? See people that have wills sometimes hasn't been updated in 20 or 25 years. They have additional kids. Maybe they've been divorced. Maybe it's a different state. You need to take a look at that. Um, You know, there's there's a stat out there that I've seen that 70% of Americans don't have a will. Um, So spend some time. There's some great lawyers in the Aiken Augusta area, we can certainly connect you with a couple of those. You can do some things online if you're tech savvy and so forth. But uh, you know, if you don't put some of this down on on paper, the state will determine who gets your stuff and who's going to be the custodian of your kids. I'm not sure I want that happening. Yeah, I've heard it said that the will is the easiest thing in the world to procrastinate because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's nothing after that. That that's pretty much the final thing <clears throat> yeah. you'll need. I you knew know? A, a state planning <laughs> attorney that didn't have a will. 
Yeah, I, I could see it. I mean, it's just so easy. You know, you yeah. just, I mean, you don't need it till you die, you know? Yeah, right. There's I mean, you just knew else, when you were so. going to die, you could do it, you know, the week before. Yeah, a week before. So you can just, doesn't work that just way. knew exactly when. I don't know. Yeah. That's not what I want to do the week before. No, I don't think so. That's right. <laughs> no, it isn't. So you, you do need to go take, get that taken care of. Just get it off the mm-hmm. list. Go, mm-hmm. go update your will. So that's a good one. All right. And that leads up to our final topic here, and that is the European economic weather report you know what's going on in europe how does it affect us gordon i guess that's what we're gonna talk about here yeah you know several uh shows ago several weeks ago or so john did a a segment on uh economic climate versus economic weather Mm -hmm. you know and and that weather is more of your short-term movements and different things that are going on and uh when i ran across this article by sarah Sajolin uh, on MarketWatch.com. I, re- I thought about that. And I was like, man, this will be a, a great little piece to share with our, our listeners today. Because, um, you know, the, the economic weather has been moving and changing quite a bit in Europe recently. And like it or not, this does impact our economy here in the U.S. Uh, so today we're going to talk about uh, a couple of these changes and why it's important for us to be aware of such economic movements. So, you know, Steve, tell our listeners and ex- explain to them why it's important to consider international holdings as part of one's overall portfolio and how this might affect uh, you know your, your portfolio, your investments. Yeah, it really does boil down to your investments, um, Gordon, as you allude to here. And you know, one of the things people need to keep in mind is that something like fifty-five percent of all the stock <clears throat> available in the world are outside the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, the U.S. has less than fifty percent, less than half. So, if you're going to truly be diversified, you know, you can't ignore over half of the equities that are available in the world to invest in, and just. Just think back to just recently to the lost decade, you know, 2000, 2009, U.S. large stocks made almost zero mm-hmm. yeah. for 10 years. So if you were not diversified in that period, you made almost nothing. If that happens before your retirement, right before your retirement, that's a disaster. You're not retiring. You're not <laughs> retiring. That's a disaster. Definitely puts it on pause, Yes, it? no doubt. Exactly. So the way to protect yourself from that or help protect yourself from that is to diversify. In diversifying outside the U.S., you made a lot higher return if you would have done that in 2000 to 2009. So that's really the case in point right there. But you get lower volatility potentially by diversifying outside the U.S. and having both U.S. and international stocks, more stable returns. Mm -hmm. Um, There are lots of benefits to diversification internationally. And definitely a key to that is having the right mix. You know, we're not saying go out there and find yourself 80% 80% emerging markets. Right. right. You know, right. It's, it's finding the, the right mix there. So, you know, here, here's just a quick update on some things going on over in Europe. Uh, the stock market over there was had some sharp gains uh, last Tuesday after German economic sediment uh, fell for the first time, actually, in six months. And, in, and as investors monitored uh, the struggles that Greece is currently going on uh, with their bailout potential. So... You know, there you go. Yeah, I mean, you know, recently the the stocks Europe 600 index has been climbing this year. It's up almost eight percent, I believe, this year. Last time I looked, um, while the Dow's only up one or two percent. So. You know, European stocks have been climbing. Um, that that's made a big difference here recently. Uh, the, the benchmark has been boosted by China's move to stimulus, stimulate their economy with uh, more more capital. 
um, out there in the marketplace, and participants are largely ignoring how Greece is kind of still walling in it ever yeah. since the yeah. the Great Recession. Man, we've been talking about Greece for what five years now. It's getting tiring, isn't it? Golly, yeah, they, Greece needs to agree on a range of economic overhauls with the lenders in order to receive the next much needed uh, tranche of the bailout money and avoid running out of cash. And uh, Athens has ordered public entities, including state-owned companies and public pension, to transfer cash reserves to the central bank. And that comes as a move um, uh, as Greece scrambles to find money to service its its debt. So Greece is still still has an issue. Yeah. And then on Tuesday, Bloomberg reported that the European Central Bank was looking at measures to rein in support for Greece's bank uh, under the, its emergency liquidity assistance, also known as the ELA. Uh, the measures include a proposal to raise the haircut banks take on the collateral when they borrow from the Bank of Greece. Uh, one one uh, market analyst said, he said, all the noise ahead of the meeting suggests that there are problems coming to an agreement and all the while Greece, uh, their bond yields continue to rise. This shows there is a stress in the financial system and concerns in the bond market. So, yeah, can't they just default already? I mean, I'm tired of hearing about Greece. You know, I think the market has totally written them off mm-hmm. and all that debt is just bad debt. Amazingly, I mean, the yield in the 10-year government Greek bond is is now like 13%. I mean, it was as high as 25%, I believe, during wow. the financial crisis. So it's actually come down, although it has risen a little bit recently with the more recent talk of, of uh, problems over there. So, uh, but yeah, I'm just so tired. Of, you know, I just wish they would just get out of the European Union and default. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking about international uh, the weather. I think this is a great topic because right now international is doing well. You know, diversification I think is key. Um, international does have some some different elements that the U.S. doesn't. Some currency fluctuations and right. political risk and things like that. So you got to make sure you have a good allocation when you use an international. We believe it's a vital part of of what we do for our, for our clients. Um, when you look back at history and so forth, but um, you know, it's interesting all the uh, noise that's coming out of Europe um, in the last uh, couple of months. And so as things were down last year, buying in last year internationally, yeah, you got them on sale. Doing some rebalancing is not a bad strategy. No, no it's oh. not, because the weakness of the dollar has made you know those, those assets really, really mm-hmm. cheap, yeah. but uh, the strength of the dollar, and so now it's weakened just a tad, and, and that has helped international stocks, and also they're, they're just gaining some steam over there, so you know, it's a, it's a pendulum. It swings both ways. That's why you want to be diversified worldwide. So, good topic. All right. Well, that brings up to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us on our website, moneymd.net, where you can email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can give us a call during regular business hours. Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Have a good one. Great weekend. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed local provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. See you.